0: Last Sunday, we launched a brand new message series called Friending, and you've heard a lot about that today in our worship experience already, and we looked at some reasons why the average person in America has fewer friends than in just the last couple of decades, and we said that people are working a lot more and have less time for friendships than they did before, and often they're tethered to electronic devices that keep them at work in all kinds of crazy hours. We also said that rising divorce rates have added to this because often when a couple goes through divorce, then their, their friends have to take sides, and that's a struggle, and often the, the friends fade away. And we also said that the explosion of social media has redefined how people define friendships. Often we think that our friends are online, but they may not be true friends, and often we'll betray us online and post something that is hurtful. And we emphasize that the local church is a place where we can learn what friendship is about and how we can apply some biblical principles to our relationships. The local church is where friendships can be formed and strengthened and encouraged and places where we can be influenced. And you never know that uh, Sunday school teacher or that friend or deacon could say something or recognize something in a person that can change the trajectory of another person's life. We said that we are greatly influenced by those who are closest to us. And we said that we are the average of our five closest friends, so we really need to examine who we're hanging out with and 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 traveling with. Solomon reminds us of this in Proverbs 13:20, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. And this leads us to our key thought for the whole four-part series, which is in your notes, if you're taking notes. Uh, Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. True friends stick with you no matter what. They love you enough to tell you when you may have colored out the lines or... They love you enough to cry with you and to be with you when things aren't going so well. They celebrate with you when things are going really well. They will never say anything negatively behind your back. In fact, your BFF, now that's text speak for best friend forever, or your bestie, your bestie will only say nice things about you behind your back. You can count on that. Last week we said, a friend loves at all times. That's in Proverbs seventeen, seventeen. A friend loves at all times. A brother or a sister is made for a time of adversity. It is problematic, though, that many Americans don't have close relationships. And we believe that's so uh, one of the uh, important aspects of the body of Christ, the local church, is to help people connect and build f- friendships and have strong relationships. Some of us may have hundreds of online friends, but not a a single person that they can say is a close friend. And we want to change that. We want to open our understanding to how we can be good friends. Often these kinds of situations where we have a lot of online friends, but no close friends, sociologists call relational poverty. We all know what material poverty is. That's when we may not have things financial or things with physical property. Uh, There's another that is called spiritual poverty, and that's when someone may have everything in the world, all the wealth in the world, but may be spiritually bankrupt. The sociologists have a third kind of poverty that they talk about, which is relational poverty. And that's where people are all around us, but we are starving for intimacy and starving for community. Last Sunday we talked about being alone together. And especially in the young male population, there are so many who may be gaming online, connecting online, but are isolated. They might be sitting right next to each other on a device playing a game back and forth, but they are alone. They're feeling lonely. Have you if you've ever been on a mission trip, a number of you have. Maybe when you were in that place, it could have been a developing nation or an impoverished area like in Owsley County, Kentucky, where you all serve, so many of you have served over the years, and you see that they don't have as many resources that you do or that we do, but you see something about the families that there's joy and there's a connection, there's this a sense of belonging, a sense of... Uh, family that we don't have here and we're envious of that. And we often say, well, how can these people be so in need and yet how can they be so together as a family? I And quietly we say, you know, I wish I had more of that. Maybe you look outward and you see another person or family and you wish you had more of what they have. Maybe it's not something that we're missing, maybe it's someone. And I want to spend the rest of our time talking about the friends that we need. Not the acquaintances, not the social networking friends that we would like to have, but the friends that we need. And we're going to look at several scriptures that will help us, uh, help guide us in our friendships. Because you may be one friend away, you may be one friend away from changing the course of your destiny, Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I recently heard a podcast of a pastor from Detroit and he said that when he was in fifth grade, his fifth grade teacher recognized something in him that he did not see in himself. And she went up to him and said, I think you ought to enter this speech contest. And he said, I'm afraid to talk in public. I I could never do that. No, I think you should enter this speech contest. Just give it a chance. He did, and he won the speech contest, and now he's been a pastor for nearly 30 years in a thriving church in Detroit. He grew up in the south side of Chicago. She saw in him potential. She influenced him, and like him, you and I may be one friend away from our destiny. We see that in the book of Acts in the ninth chapter with Barnabas and Saul. After Saul had surrendered his life to Jesus Christ to be baptized, and he was baptized, uh, God led him to continue preaching and teaching in Damascus. And, and Scripture says in Galatians 1 that Paul spent a considerable time in the Arabian desert. Some scholars um, believe that it was all of three years or part of three years. But he was away, and then he returned to Damascus where the governor sought his arrest. Paul's friends lowered him through the city gates in a basket, and he fled to Jerusalem, which was the home base for the apostles in the early Christian church. Paul then tries to assimilate with the church. After all, he's, he's a Christian, and God has allowed him to have powerful ministry in Damascus. And uh, th- they were skittish, though, of him. The apostles were untrusting of him because they knew in his former days that he was a persecutor of Christians, a murderer of Christians, and had a horrible reputation. But Barnabas, one of the key leaders in the Jerusalem church, had befriended Paul, knew of his story, had seen evidence of his preaching and teaching, and then went to be an advocate on his behalf to those leaders in the Jerusalem church. And because of what Barnabas did, because Barnabas was an advocate for Paul, the believers in Jerusalem, the apostles, then accepted Paul on Barnabas's testimony. Barnabas had befriended Paul, and because of that, God enabled Barnabas to change the trajectory of Paul's life. And then if you continue to study, you see that they uh, had a powerful ministry, and the Antioch church called them out as the very first missionaries, and Barnabas and Paul together went on the very first missionary journey and churches were started and many many people came to Christ and the church grew and multiplied. The two of them spent over a year training and equipping leaders there in Antioch at the first. And it's amazing to see how in this story how one friend changed the trajectory of another for the positive. But that can happen in the negative as well. That's why it's important for us to select our friends carefully. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your what? Future. And there are some other examples of good friends in the Bible, and I'd like to look at four friends in Scripture today to see four kinds of friends that each one of us needs. The first one is Ruth. In the Old Testament book of Ruth, Ruth was a friend who sticks with you no matter what. We need friends like Ruth who stick with us no matter what. The book of Ruth was set during the time of the judges, who were the rulers of Israel before the time of King Saul. Ruth's mother-in-law was named Naomi. Many of you who have studied the Bible know this story. It's an awesome story. You can read this uh, book in in one sitting. There became a famine in the area of Bethlehem where she and her husband were, were from, Naomi and her husband. So they and their sons moved to Moab, which is far to the southeast, uh, east of the Dead Sea. And there they went to find food and work, respite. Both of their sons took wives there. But sadly, Naomi's husband died. And then Scripture says about ten years later, both of her sons died. So she was left with her two daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth. And Naomi knew that she couldn't stay in Moab. So she decided to go back to Bethlehem where she may have some connections because an older woman like herself in Moab, a foreigner in a strange land, a widow, would have absolutely no chance of survival. At least her two daughters-in-law could have a chance to remarry and maybe have children. So Naomi says, I'm going, and you all should stay here in Moab. And the one daughter in law says, Okay, well, I will stay, but Ruth says, Nope, I'm I'm going with you. I'm going with you. I'm going to stick with you no matter what. Ruth replies in Ruth one, sixteen through eighteen, and you know the verses Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you will go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, even if death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. We need friends like Ruth who will stick with us no matter what. And you know what the cool thing is? The book of Ruth is really important because when Ruth and Naomi traveled back to Bethlehem. Ruth met Boaz and they were married. They had a son named Obed, who was the father of Jesse, and Jesse was the father of King David. And Jesus came through the house of David. Isn't that neat? That's a side note. That's another sermon, but that's really cool. Friends that stick with us no matter what. The next three friends that we'll talk about are from the life of King David. Samuel. He was a friend who made David better. So we need friends. The computer, by the way, we're having a little struggles with our system, so if you're taking notes, just try to listen, and uh, we'll get these to you. Samuel was a friend who makes you better. He was a prophet, a priest, and a judge. He was the one whom God used to establish the monarchy in Israel. He anointed Saul as the first king of the United Monarchy, and then he anointed David, Saul's successor. So we're going to read 1 Samuel 16, verses 12 and 13. If you have your Bibles or your Bible apps, you can certainly follow along, or you can listen as I read. First verses 12 and 13 of chapter 16. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a a fine appearance and handsome features. speaking of young David. Then the Lord said, rise to Samuel, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. samuel saw something in david that others could not see god enabled samuel to see something in david he made david better people who see the potential in us help make us better people stronger people courageous people there was not a person who saw in david what god allowed samuel to see in david and i want to ask you do you know someone who you can trust to see your potential? Do you know and trust somebody, maybe a coach, maybe a teacher, maybe a mentor, maybe a a staff person here in our church, a pastor, one of our pastors? Do you know someone who you can trust to listen to and and they might see the potential that God has welled up in you? Listen to those people. Surround yourself with friends who make you better. And then the third friend is Jonathan. Jonathan a friend who helps you find spiritual strength. There was a time where David really needed spiritual strength. King Saul became angry at David, jealous of David. He sought to take David's life. Jonathan, Saul's son, became a loyal friend to David. And Scripture says that Jonathan loved David as Jonathan loved himself. Jonathan warned David of his father's tirades and helped David find protection. And in chapter 23, we find David, David hiding in the desert from Saul. He had learned that Saul was after his life. Again, Jonathan helped him. But by this time, it was more than giving David strategy and advice. Jonathan helped him to find strength in God. Look at 1 Samuel 23, 15 and 16. While David was at Horesh in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And then verse 18, listen to uh, Verse 16. And Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David at Horesh and helped him find strength in God. You and I need friends who help us find strength in God. And we also need friends who will hold us accountable. Friends who will tell us the truth. If you look with me at uh, 2 Samuel chapter 11 and 12. David is king of Israel. He had achieved greatness. And God sends a man named Nathan to give counsel to King David. They were close friends. But David had made a tragic decision as a leader. Rather than go out on the battlefield with the rest of his men, David remained at home alone. He got up and he went out on the roof of his palace and he looked out and he saw a woman bathing. Her name was Bathsheba. She was the husband of one of David's key men, his key officers, who was out on the battlefield. And he ordered one of his servants to bring Bathsheba to him. Bathsheba was powerless in the situation. This is the greatest man in the the land. And sadly, David took advantage of his leadership of his authority you know the story she became expecting david tried to cover it up ultimately he conspired to have her husband killed on the battlefield and he brought her to his house and he made her his wife scripture says in second samuel 11:27 the thing david had done displeased the lord and then in chapter twelve we see Nathan, David's close friend, speaking truth in love, confronting David. He did it out of love. Paul echoes this in Ephesians four fifteen. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the maturity of the mature, the mature body of him who is the head—that is Christ. We are called to speak the truth in love, and I believe that's exactly what Nathan did to David. Nathan was a friend who tells you the truth. We need friends who will tell us the truth, who will speak truth to us in love. And he tells a story to help David see where he had gone wrong. 2 Samuel 12, the first seven verses. And then we'll wrap up. The Lord sent Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said, this is a story like a parable that he told him. There were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb that he had bought. He raised it, and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep to show hospitality. The rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him, his guest. David, hearing the story that Nathan is telling him, burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. And then Nathan said to David, can you imagine it? David, you're that guy. That's you. David, you're the man. Not like they used to say about John Daly on the golf course, you the man, going way back to the PGA. Not that kind of you the man, David, you're the man in this story. What you did was wrong. And I'm here to speak truth and love to you, to hold you accountable to that. You're the man, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. Often we need friends who will speak truth in love to us. Maybe you saw this little article in last week's Chesterfield News that comes in the Times-Dispatch. It's about a, a lady named Helen Bush She lives in Chesterfield. About 50 years ago, she and her friend, Pam, uh, Pat, worked together outside of Pittsburgh. They worked in a store together. And then she ended up moving to Chesterfield here in Virginia. Well, way back then, they started to send birthday cards. There's a picture over there that you can see. They started to send a birthday card. And this article... uh, shares with us that they have sent the same birthday card to each other back and forth for nearly 50 years and uh, she says that now the the card has coffee stains on it it's all marked it's held together by scotch tape uh, but they are still dear friends and sending this card this tattered card back uh, to one another she says the card helps to remind her of of special events like picnics they had, weddings and children and all these great memories. But she says this in the article, we hang on to our friends. Life is difficult. We can't make it without our friends. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, life is difficult. Did you know that? We cannot make it through life without our friends. We need Christian friends who love us who will stick with us no matter what, who make us better, who encourage us, who help us find spiritual strength, friends who will speak truth to us even though it hurts. Hold us accountable. We need it because life is difficult. We can't make it without our friends. You may be one friend away from changing the course of your destiny. You may be one friend away from having the marriage you want. You may be one friend away from having the parent the being the parent that you desire to be. You may be one friend away from being the generous believer that God has called you to be. You may be one friend away from overcoming the addictions that you may be struggling with. You may be one friend away of caring for the holy the, the, the temple of the Holy Spirit that is the body God gave you. You may be one friend away from tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit to serve in a unique way in this church and in this community. You may be one friend away from understanding your divine calling and purpose in life. You may be one friend away from meeting the Son of the living God, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has redeemed us from the pit and has called us friends and through Christ uh, gives us eternal life, the abundant life in heaven. One friend away. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. We need to stick together no matter what. We need to help each other be better. We need to help each other find spiritual strength. We need to help each other be accountable and speak the truth in love. As iron sharpens iron, so we sharpen one. Almighty God, thank you for being our friend. Thank you for being our advocate. Thank you for being the God who sticks with us no matter what. For being the God who helps us to find our true potential, our destiny. Thank you for being the God who makes us stronger spiritually through your Holy Spirit and through this church and other believers coming around us. And thank you for being the God through the Holy Spirit who confronts us when we've strayed out the lines and you do that in love. God, help us to know that you are our friend. Help us to befriend others. Help us to be better friends. In Jesus' name.